Hey guys, it's Jason. So, this episode was brought to you from a Toyota Camry on the way back from Origins on Thursday, June 14th. So, there will be a little bit of noise, but bear with us because there's some cool content in here. This episode is me, Joel, and a few special guests. So, take a listen, and I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, this is... uh Joel and Jason, and we've got a couple other people here in the car that might chime in. Um, and Jason may not be super attentive because we're in like rush hour traffic, so I'm sure he's going to be like thinking about what we're doing here. But he's also thinking about like not killing us, so that's pretty important. Also, um, anyway, we just got done with Origins today, and like while it's fresh in our minds, I think we just kind of wanted to talk about like what kind of impressed us, what kind of things we were able to say. Oh man, that was pretty cool. Um, I don't know, off the top of my head, I think one of the surprising things for me was the stinking line for Century Eastern Wonders. Yes. Like, that was ridiculous. Like, it went around the block, basically. <laughs> I mean, like, not the block, but the block of the Expo Center, you know? I mean, it's yeah, just crazy. We went there after a launch, and it was already sold out. That's insane. And, I mean, like, I don't know, I guess I'm not surprised. I mean, the game's really popular. That was pretty hyped. Um, I, I guess the other thing, I didn't get to see a lot of the stuff I really want to see. Um, I did see a really nice copy of uh, Endeavor Age of Sail. They, like, they had a final retail copy out for demos. It looked really nice. The product, the component quality was really excellent on that. Um, I don't know, what did you see, Jason, that really impressed you? Uh, I saw this one game called Sailing to Osiris by Daily Magic Games, which is a pretty cool game about uh, your the pharaoh, pharaoh's farewell funeral barge is traveling down the river and you're trying to build up monuments and then, you know, give him good props, I guess, as a last rights thing. So yeah, I want to check that out, maybe tomorrow a little more. That's, that's pretty cool. Uh, they had like kind of a nice looking, it looks like a queen game or something almost. Like it has nice production quality on it. Um, I don't know, uh, the, the people here are being quiet in here. I'm sure they saw things they thought were cool. Katie, would you see those cool? Um, so one of my favorite booths is the Japanime Games booth. Um, so I already have like all the slutty made games, but we played one called Demon Worker. Oh, and man. was talking about awesome. Demon Worker is awesome. It was really cool. I mean, a small, like, what, 30-minute worker placement yeah. game. But, it's amazing. Um, yeah, like a lot of decisions to be made and, like, really nice little pieces, and it was fun. Yeah, Z was talking to me about this, and he was like, this is the last thing that I played that I was like, oh, whoa. And then, like, you get you purchase these workers that have, like, special powers that only you get to use. It's just yeah. really a cool game, it sounds like. Do they have copies for sale there? Yeah, it's $30. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Man, I oh, shoot. That that curse word we'll have to edit out later. Uh, I I picked up Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea. Um, they had kind of a nice deal on on stuff, and actually they sold out today. So I think that game still does kind of have like a lot of hype about it. Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea. It looks like it's going to be really fiddly to put together. Like I wasn't too impressed with the cardboard parts, but it has like I don't know, like 160 miniatures in the base set. So. Jason's gonna love that. Yeah, <laughs> plays it with me. It sounds awesome. So uh, it does seem pretty cool, honestly. Um, I don't know. It's uh, when they explained it, they said it was they took an epic game and made it into a big box game, which is kind of cool. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I definitely am gonna definitely gonna try and get into a uh, Pathfinder beta test tomorrow. Uh, see if I can get into uh, their second edition first like playthroughs, playtest kind of things. Um, you can get in with generics. It sounds like. That's a way to spend two hours, I guess. But I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, we went. We stopped by the Haba booth as well because we had to get our niece a little birthday present. And we got this game called Dragon's Breath, I think. 
you're like a dragon and you're melting this like ice polar thing to get these gems to fall out and you're like betting on which gems you think are going to fall out so that was kind of cute and interesting um there's a game that i haven't looked at yet but it looks kind of unique and it was um i think it's kind of hidden on the second floor it sounds like but you have these two little lanterns that have shades in them that are like different varying levels of transparent and i think there's ways to change the shades out so it casts a different kind of shadow on the on the table and it kind of like the shadows and light make your board game kind of or make your board for the for the game um it looked really neat in the pictures i saw but i don't i don't know uh i don't know i don't i think i'm gonna go look at it again tomorrow but uh again for the first time i slept two hours last night too so uh, i hope you're enjoying this <laughs> if, if this ever made it to air it's because we love you guys and we wanted you to be able to hear like as quick as possible what's what's happening i guess um the, the other thing too uh, katie found those um what are they called Oh, the graphic novel adventures. Yeah, those are really cool. They were really cool. And they have, I don't know, five or six of them, like diff five different types. Um, and like there are various experiences. So there's like a Sherlock Holmes where you can be Holmes or Watson. So that's pretty, I don't know, I don't want to say normal, but like a mainstream kind of thing that right. people do. But they have some, they have one that is more of like a role playing experience where you actually can go through and you choose your own adventure, but like you can level up and you get experience points and you like get items as you go through. So it can be really interactive. And so hopefully we'll have an interview from someone from that booth because apparently like those are solo right now, but in France they have a multiplayer kind of version where everyone gets their own book and there's a board also and you can interact. So I think that's oh, really wow. cool. Yeah. Super cool. Um, I ended up picking up one as well because I thought it was something that my non-gamer wife, like while she's riding in the car or like my son, would enjoy just kind of working through on their own, you know. Um, but I just, man, I started flipping through years a little bit and I thought, oh, this is super cool and I think I'll enjoy it too. It's like a choose your own adventure book meets like unlock. I think that's kind of how you describe it, Jason. And I think I kind of agree. It seems a lot like that. Um, so that was a really cool thing I saw today too. Uh, so, the, fir so first impressions. What did you think about Origins compared to Gen Con? Since you've never been. Since you've never okay, been so before. first impressions of being at Origins versus Gen Con. Um, man, I only slept a little bit, so I almost cursed. Um, <laughs> like Origins is just chill, man. Like it's just super chill. Like I think it's it's Gen Con on volume. Like it's just really like laid back. I just yeah. and it's not bad. I literally like that about it, honestly. Um, I mean like today is the first day of the con, and so like this is the day where everyone's like all hyped up and like raring to go and buying their stuff and just like pushing around and stuff. I mean at Gen Con like the first day you can barely walk through the aisles of places, and I mean like there were t there was a point where Jason was like sticking his arms out and like could have spun in circles like in glee and happiness like yeah. but i mean honestly it's uh it's way less crowded way way more space there um it has a lot of room to grow yet too i mean like there's i don't know if they've added exhibition halls this year or not but there's a lot of table space that is unoccupied it feels like and there's like booth space that could be definitely used and there's a whole second floor that could be way more used uh, at the expo center so it's got a lot of room to grow um i don't know man i I feel like in a in a large way this event is it's a lot smaller so it's a lot more manageable than Gen Con but it feels like it's almost a little better run and like I don't know I really enjoy just how how laid back it is for sure I mean I don't know and the people are, are your typical game convention people I mean they're generally really friendly nice people um, I mean some are 
kind of kill here. Some are whatever. Like, think they're super cool. But, I mean, like, they're just all really chill people, though, too. I mean, like, I think about anybody there I would talk to you and think, man, that's a cool person, you know? So, I don't know. The the, the audience of this show, I, it feels like it matched me a little bit better than Gen Con. Um, it doesn't have the RPG stuff that they have it at Gen Con near as much, it doesn't seem. Like, I think Gen Con just has a huge hall just full of RPG players playing all the time. There's a little bit of that happening here. Um, but I guess I didn't really totally see the Watsi area yet. Like, I saw the Paizo area, but I didn't see the Watsi area. So, I mean, it's definitely possible that there's a lot of role players somewhere that I haven't found yet, but pretty cool. Um, you know what's crazy? Is I think True Dungeon looks really cool. Like, I don't know, man. If I had a data waste, I would be all about that. So, I don't know. It might be super expensive or something, but... Uh, it, it looks kind of cool to have those little tokens and you're like trading with people and transmog. What was it? Tr Transmuting tokens, I think. Yeah. yeah. So it looked really cool. Uh, they have an Artemis bridge simulator set up here. I mean, so there's just a lot of really cool things to do. What, Matt, what did you think? I mean, this is your first board gaming convention to go to, period. Yeah, so it's kind of a board gaming initiate anyway. Um, not having as much exposure. I think I'm gonna gloss. I'm gonna go over some of the features that you're glossing over, probably because of your own sleep deprivation. So, <laughs> things that I noticed: there's a really weird modern art sculpture in the main oh lobby my gosh. that was like, <laughs> yes. I don't know, a bunch of weird scalloped potatoes on top of each other, and there were also like LED TVs, and then there were a bunch of like 3D renderings of people that are probably very normal and like typical looking under, um, you know, most contexts, like under yeah. a normal context. And it just made them look really grotesque and weird. And so I don't know if that's where modern art is or anything, or if that's like cool and I'm just behind. But it was just kind of almost terrifying to me. It became well, our meeting place for today. We just kind of said, "All right, if um, meet me a creepy head." So that was the one thing that I would say like was unique to our experience here. I think a better way to just describe it. I mean, like you did a nice job, but I would add to it. It's like if you took a mannequin head and sliced it into one-inch segments. And then like every third slice you boiled, so the size was totally wrong. <laughs> yeah. And then like stacked them back on top of each other, and then had like a weird projector, like project a 3D image of someone's face, like stretched in a weird way, so it matched like a universal mold. And like, I don't know, it's just, it was really weird. And I'm pretty sure that if you didn't get to go to Origins, and you talked to your gaming group friends who did go, they will know the creepy head. They'll be like, oh yeah, the creepy head. Oh, yeah. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, creepy head. And if you're uh, listening to this and you went to Origins, you're like, oh yeah, creepy head. I was there. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was like a landmark. It was actually kind of helpful in that way though because yeah. if we were lost or, or hey, we're meeting for lunch, just be here for at creepy head at this time. And then the other unique experience, at least to Joel and I, was being accosted by probably a homeless person on the sidewalk <laughs> who had some choice words to say. And caused kind of some some confusion. Firstly, confusion as to whether this person actually existed or not. Yeah. Because Joel and I are, are in an, an RV right now. Uh, for the for the con, we don't live together and it's not like our normal situation. But probably got a combined four hours of quality sleep Let's last night. Back up. We're like, basically, we're a Partridge family of board game podcasters. We live in like a, like, tiled checkered bus together. And so we didn't sleep well last night because... I can't remember the name but, of the Partridge family. But we were accosted by a homeless Partridge man. Partridge is... What's her name in real life? It's not Danny Shirley, Bonaduce. Shirley Jones. Is Shirley the Jones, yes. Danny Bonaducci, man. Shirley Jones was playing her tambourine way too late last night. So. Yeah, I think that was Susan. <laughs> so anyway, Danny Bonaduce was banging on his drums. <laughs> we, were, we were accosted by a homeless man who was definitely using a stick as some kind of microphone. And what I'm guessing was like uh, an exhibition of drugs and 
like the problem with the drug I, epidemic. I'm gonna go ahead and stop you there and say thank you for bringing that up. But um, <laughs> someone, I want to... someone was holding a field recorder and a microphone the whole time and could have had the most interesting interview that this show has ever seen. <laughs> Listen, I want to go ahead and just uh, thank you and yes and that story so that you can have these details as well. This this man was wearing a skeleton pajama onesie as well. Like, well kept. Looked like he could have been a cosplayer almost as a skeleton. And he was tall and slender like a skeleton as well. But then he also had a very unkept um, Afro hairstyle that looked kind of interesting. Yeah. And so here's the thing that he didn't get left out as well, at least in my perception. The man had this like it was a wooden stick, but it looked like a coarse handle of Here's, like a, okay. of a wooden spoon. I, I know what you're going to say here. I'm going to cut you off here because I think, so what was interesting is that it started out and the stick was like a knife, but what he was saying was, excuse me? So it was kind of like polite. And then it switched from Listen. being polite words to like uh, aggressive words, polite action, where he turned it into a microphone. So that part so, was Yeah, he started off like, I thought he was going to stab me or try and hold me up with a blunt wooden stick. And I was ready to like throw the guy in the ground. Honestly, like I was, my adrenaline was starting to course a little bit. So you put some sleep deprivation together with a really interesting interaction with someone. And so then that's the first part. The second part is this. Now this is still a point of contention between Matthew and I. This man then proceeded to say something. And this is, you know, board game mechanics, we're known for our rated PG, family friendly rated. So, so we're going to change the first word to drink. So those of you who have gone to middle school know what the word really is it kind of sounds like drink but it's not drink and that helps make my case better because he says drink but not really drink rhymes with something that's not drink um rhymes with what you do when a baseball is gonna hit you in the head and you need to squat down and duck so um he said that word followed by i think he said the word juice he said f juice drink juice is what he said very aggressively. I, I like that you picked the non-biased prefix word drink, because now I have to make the argument that I think he said drink Zeus. But I think he said Zeus. Or, or he might have said duck Zeus. Duck Zeus. So, I thought he said juice. Duck juice. And then and then and then there was a cop walking within like arm's length of us when we're doing this as well. Thank God, by the way. And, that was very, and so very he sees the moment. cop and he immediately goes backs off a little bit. He's his hate for juice or Zeus at that point waned a little bit when he saw the cop. Right. So the cop May, Don't you think that maybe it was actually supposed to be you and not juice or Zeus? No, it was definitely either Zeus or Juice. I but anyway. Somehow he appeased this man to not stab us with his wooden microphone stick. And then and here's the other thing too, I hope that at some point Board Game Mechanics is a big enough podcast that the sidewalk full of people who saw this also can comment and say, no, seriously, this happened, to confirm like our sleep-biased delusion that we may have both had. The, the third year anniversary podcast I want you guys to be making is that guy fresh out of rehab on your show talking about his his version, his perspective of what happened at Origins, the Origins convention in 2018. I'm glad you mentioned that, and thank you in advance, Riveted, for starting his GoFundMe and getting him into treatment. So that's really cool of you guys. Um, so... Okay, but in relation to board games, um, so I'm kind of like a, I'm an RPG Oh, no, the, guy, the, the, the cop. We gotta yeah. finish the, the cop. Okay, the cop's sorry. walking with us, and he goes, this, this is one of Columbus' finest, right here, finest hero, okay? He doesn't even bat an eyelash, so this is apparently something that happens fairly frequently in downtown Columbus, but without batting an eyelash, in stride, walking beside us, going around us, goes, 
Well, kids, that's why drugs are cool. That's what he tells us. I can't, I can't contest what he said because I didn't hear the police officer. That sounds right, but that's a weird thing to say, too. Like, I, from anyone who t- who's been through a D.A.R.E. program and has, like, an officer talking to them about how drugs are not cool, like, obviously he's being sarcastic, I would assume. I would think so, too. But it's a weird thing to hear from a police officer. So, you were starting to say you're more into role-playing games? Yeah. Oh, the joke I made also when the cop had passed, I said, you know, there's a lot of demos going on at this convention. Like, why isn't this guy demoing what a taser does in this very moment? Because it's, like, getting pretty threatening. Yeah, anyway, but, I yeah. don't know. That's that's how the whole, like, uh, so, like, like, riots and stuff start when you tease a dude just for yeah, wanting, to, just yeah. wanting to put us on his talk show about juice. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying he actually should. It was just a fun joke to make in the moment. And to kind of ease the tension, because literally I thought one of us was going to get shanked with a stick. Anyway, yeah. So more into role-playing things, such as role-playing how to be a cop in a situation with danger? No. Well, that's the thing. He could have been cosplaying, too, then I think about it. <laughs> yeah, he could have. But he's like Rick Grimes. He's like cosplaying as Rick <laughs> Grimes or something. But anyway... <laughs> anyway, yeah. That'd be the worst cosplay ever, to be walking on the sidewalk with an authoritative stance as Rick Grimes. I'm going to get us back on track here. As a role-player, I think the thing that I walked away having noticed the most was... The One Ring game, uh, like oh, yeah. the, the not even tie-in, not even tied-in version. This is like a 5e tie-in uh, Lord of the Rings kind of Dungeons and Dragons thing, which was really cool. But the One Ring in particular, those books are just super cool. Uh, like they're not like I kind of noticed the 5e books are really glossy and shiny, and like yeah. the art's kind of like the non 5 e ones are amazing. Looking. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the One Ring books are just there's something you could just hang on your shelf or like just like honestly put in a frame and put on your wall. People would be like, I get it, those are art, those are really cool looking. Well, and then that whole thing too was really cool. The guy talked to us at great length about that one. And actually there'll be an interview with him, I think, in a future episode that airs. But basically they, they had this really cool one ring system that really digs into the lore in the world of Tolkien. And like basically, um, they felt like it was such a good system, but people wouldn't play it because their friends all play fifth edition d so popular that they basically tweaked the system and licensed fifth edition to make it in their universe and their system so um it's really really cool katie do you play this at all or do you know anything about it no i talked to those same guys i think last year when they had just converting the other set from the lord of the rings like the adventures of whatever the other set is because that was also a different kind of system right and they wanted to convert to 5e so that you could just jump right in and play it, but use this the world of to- Tolkien if you really love that. Um, and so I've looked at the books and we've talked about, like Jim actually has talked about running a campaign with that one because a lot of people are interested. The, the thing the guy that we did the interview with said to us that made me just go, oh, that clicks, is he says that, you know, he said, I gotta admit, I gotta admit, I haven't read all the books. He said, but when playing this system, like, I've always felt like I knew dwarves were grouchy and, like, had certain traits because the player manual tells me that. It's like, but with these adventures and how this is all written, like, you understand, oh, dwarves are this way because of this. And you feel like a more rich, like, backstory, three-dimensional, like, world around you, kind of, which I definitely could see. I mean, I, I don't know, it kind of feels like when they made D&D, they ripped off Tolkien's universe and kind of, like, used his creation, like, of Middle Earth as their, like, baseline for all the characters and stuff in there. And then, like, it feels like they're going back home again. Like, you go into the original source material almost. So, I don't know, pretty cool. I picked up the player's handbook. Something I saw that was really cool in there 
So they have a bunch of different races, and the races are based on the different towns and like uh, capitals of Middle Earth. But one of the things that was really cool, the Riders of Rohan, is one of like kind of the playable races. And okay, so they always have generic names, randomized names, male, female kind of names for these things. And it's just something I saw in there that caught my attention. They have sample names for your horse. Like your horse is as important a character if you're a rider of Rohan as like anything else in that. So like you need to come up with a name for your horse. And like that's actually really cool like, to see that kind of like companion tied to a race like that. I think something else that I thought was really cool is that because of the way it integrates with 5e, it, it's kind of one of those things. Maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a fan of Lord of the Rings. And I'm playing with a group of people that isn't, but I'm playing 5e because of the nature of 5e and kind of how it's homebrewed and everything. At least with the characters being balanced and the races being what they are, I think you could easily port a character from those books into a campaign that's not in a Lord of the Rings setting, make completely a home play with it. So Jason, you forgot to mention one of the most important events of the day, day for you. The first event of the day. Oh yeah, snag me a copy of Merlin. Oh yeah. So he's ready to play Steffenfeld. No, roll and move, I guess. Roll and move, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, and he, he's not at the con, so we can keep going, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, I also, I also played uh, the Vast Exp um, sequel as well. Oh, cool. Mysterious Manor, so. By the way, that pumping of the brakes there was brought to you by Callahan, Callahan Brake Pads. <laughs> that's our first sponsor. Thanks, Joel. We make, <laughs> we make car parts for the American man. Because that's, that's what we are. Man. That's what that's, we care about. No, that's Zelensky. Yeah, that's Zelensky. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm, seems like a nice guy. <laughs> seems like a nice guy. <laughs> Alright, uh, we can't say any more of that movie without being royalties, so we'll move on. Um, anybody else have anything else they want to mention? Uh, I, I mean, like, there was just tons of cool stuff that I ran into. Everything, almost seems like almost every booth that you went to was like, oh, that's kind of cool they're doing that, you know? Um, I don't know. Uh, I would, I would reiterate what you were saying earlier about the culture of this particular convention. I've never been to Gen Con, but every booth you stopped at, being like, with your press credential, credentials and things and being like a, a new podcast, no one was like, I don't know who you are and I don't have time for you. Everyone's like super cool and just, I don't know, I yeah. wanted to talk. Not only that, but there's a difference between someone willing, being willing to talk about their product and someone talking passionately about their product. And I think some of the interviews you're going to hear coming up in like the next episode, are you're going to hear a lot of that come through. I think people are like just really attached to the things that they are promoting in these cases. Yeah, and speaking of promotion, I don't know what you guys have seen a lot of like promotion of. You're going to promote Filker Tom right now. But, oh, Filker Tom. <laughs> Listen, that music's going to make it on the show at some point, and Filker Tom is bigger than we're ever going to be already. So... Anyway, Filker Tom, thank you for letting us record you. And like, if you came to us because Filker Tom gave us a like retweet or something, that's amazing. Um, I don't know if Filker Tom, yeah, he's on Twitter, he said. So, anyway, uh, I noticed there was a ton of dragon fire. Like, for a game that's like a year old, there's like just tons of publicity for that game. Publicity, I think I said. I think, yeah, he said publicity. I don't, I don't know what that game is, but I, I did notice a lot of it like everywhere. So, for someone who was just completely otherwise like wearing blinders to it, I, I noticed it kind of everywhere. Yeah. Um, there were a ton of L5R players too. Like, that game seems like it's going really strong right now. There were tons of Heroclix players. Did you guys see the hall full of Heroclix players? No, I didn't see that. Oh my gosh, there was like 200 Heroclix players. I'm gonna have a proud moment for myself and say that L5R is the legend of the five rings, right? Yep. Nice. Yeah. Yep. 
There you go. I'll be a Padawan yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if you're if you're hearing this on like Thursday night by some miracle or something, um, go to the go to the Rio Grande outlet sale booth, and that guy will wheel and deal with you. Like, just make him a ridiculous offer, and he'll probably like. I was like, this game's marked seventy dollars. I'll give you seven. He's like, I can't do seven. How about nine? <laughs> I can't do. <laughs> Well, he talked about a con that he goes to that they actually serve beer there, so he would actually trade games for beer and money. Like, so he is definitely like the ultimate wheeler dealer. That dude. Yeah, well, for sure. Speaking of cons, I don't think the guy actually worked at that booth at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing too, like I'm not trying to grip these guys, but like when I brought the games up. He said, just tell him Eric said he'd do, he'd do 40. And so, like, I was like, Eric said he'd do 17. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, how does that guy know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and they kind of make their money the other way, though. So. Like, oh, you're using anything but cash? Oh, we got to charge you a convenience fee of $19. It wasn't quite like that, but they seriously charged me, like, a buck for fees. So, but that said, I have a German and English co coexisting in one box version of Princess of Machu Picchu thanks to that. That also said that transaction was probably relatively convenient wasn't it? It was relatively convenient. <laughs> Given the extra sur surcharge for the convenience. Without that dollar, that, that transaction would have been incredibly convenient. Yeah, so. Alright. Well hey uh, I'm done. Like you guys have anything else to say? I do not. Just if you can make it to Origins, if this is posted by Friday, <laughs> go check it out on Saturday and Sunday, and you'll have a great time. Did you guys get a chance to play Reef? Uh, we no. didn't play any of their games. It looked really cool. I think I'm going to try to play that one tomorrow. I'm going to try to play that. I'm going to try and play Eastern Wonders. I might try and get a little quick demo on Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea, especially given I blind bought it with like my like three months worth of gaming budget. Oh, I thought you played so, that already. No, I just watched some videos about it. Oh, right. But you know what, man? Like, honestly, this is me, like, spilling the beans here and giving a lot of respect to a competitor. I know that Dice Tower is pretty much our most direct competitor. We're really similar in size. We're really similar in scope. Quality. And I'm really similar levels of handsomeness to Tom. So, um, at any rate, uh, I wanted to just mention that they got the uh, golden seal of golden love from the gold boys at Gold Tower Records. So I, I, uh, I'm pretty okay with blind buying their gold games. They, I haven't bought one of their gold games yet that I didn't like, honestly. So I don't know. They actually do bet their games pretty good when they get the seal of excellence. So I don't know. And I looked at the mechanics and kind of cool stuff on it. It's, it looks like the 4E game I want to play. So, all right. Um, the cosplay game was a little weak. Yeah, no, I don't want to I think there is actually like a cosplay competition at one point, maybe on Saturday. So I think there'll be more, but usually it's lots of dudes in like utilicilts or something. Nice. And I saw a few kilts, but yeah, there was not. I've been to, the only other con I've been to is Comic Con, and obviously people go pretty crazy yes. with cosplay stuff there. Uh, this this was extraordinarily tame by comparison, I would say. Well, I think I think it was even more tame than PAX last year. Like PAX had a ton of people that were dressed up, which was crazy. Jason's wearing the Attila kilt right now, so I can't talk too loud. But like guys who wear Attila kilts, like 
the first 30 guys who had one, it's kind of cool because you were like the first ones. But like now we get it. It's made out of leather and has pockets on it and rivets. Sweet. Anyway, we need to do something different with that. Yeah, so your utilical, Jason, where did you get that at? It's pretty sweet. I don't know, but once you sit with the utilical, you'll never put on regular shorts again. And are you wearing it in the uh, traditional Scottish style? That's the uh, only way I know how. Yes. Good, so, good. Get a lot of good airflow in there. So let's let's say for a second I'm not familiar with utility kilts. Because otherwise I'd be pretend, wearing one right just now. Just pretend. Let's pretend I'm not wearing one. <laughs> like Jason's wearing one. Let's go Jason's wearing one. That's not the only oh. thing. Oh, sorry. But why did they call it, why did they call them cargo kilts? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think because they're made out of like... The ones I've seen are like studded leather, like sometimes. So it's like almost like they're made out of like. No, it's a, okay. So it's a gaming, it's a gaming demographic. Uh, accoutrement, right? I feel like it's pretty specific, yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess Utila Kilt is kind of a cooler sounding name. I like think, targeted. I think it's. I think it's like gamers and not nerds so much as geeks because they're pretty common in people to wear them. That, that's like the one like circle in the Venn diagram, and then the other circle in the Venn diagram are. Um, What's the name of the band? They sing State of Massachusetts. Um, Loggy Molly. Dropkick Murphys. Dropkick Drop, Murphy. Drop, Drop yeah, Murphy fans, yeah. Dropkick Murphy fans and board gamers. Or slash, like, geeks. Like, that's the Venn <laughs> diagram. Like, and in, in the middle is a very specific section that wears utilicals. Well, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a subdivided section of both of those that are tired of wearing fanny packs. So, yeah. It's a very small group of people. And, and underwear. Jason, which side made you get your utilicals more? Like, the Dropkick Murphys or the... Like hardcore love of board games. Um, I don't know. It is it is freeing demoing a game. Yeah, I kill. So I'm gonna go with the board. Do you have game. secret meeple pockets on the inside of your utility I can't tell you that because they're secret. Oh, gotcha. Good point. Really good point. So, all right. Hey, thanks for listening to Minute Thirty, Richard and Ben. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. And Mike. And Mike. And Mike. Hopefully not Kim <laughs> because Jim has a utility <laughs> Oh, Jim, you have a utility I hope Does it tomorrow. match Jason's? I think Jim's black. Uh, well, yeah, it's black. Yeah. Yours is plaid, so, I mean, yeah. that's cool. It's so good. No, I don't have any problem with utility kilts, honestly. <laughs> like, I don't know. The first 30 dudes who wore it were, like, pretty brave. And now it's just kind of a, like, statement of, hey, I'm in this culture. So, I don't know. I think they need to move it to the next thing. Make it out of, like, chain mail or something. But that'd be really breezy. <laughs> I think I've seen that. And ouchie. <laughs> that's like an overlay. You can put a little velvet on the inside of the chain mail or something. I don't know. All right, you've been listening to the Chainmail Boys and our podcast inside of a podcast is called Board Game Mechanics. If you're coming to us from Chainmail Boys, our Kickstarter Patreon levels are about to change. No, this is stupid. Edit this out, please, Jason. Make it the outtake. All right, I'm going to hit stop now, I think. Ah!